marketing and branding are they the same thing different things like I you love hear, you I hear love both things but like it's not it's not um at least this is my personal take branding is delivering on your promise marketing is communicating the promise welcome to this ain't a trend a podcast about vision values and the things that matter at work on this episode, we talk with Jace DeBoer about marketing, branding, and the decorators community. Here's your host, Leif Wartanen. I'm ready to rock. Thank you so much for joining us, Jace. Hey, thanks for having me, Leif. Are you in your new place now, over there in Michigan, on the <laughs> yeah. farm? Or are you yeah, in your office uh, right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm in my office right now, but yeah, I did recently make a a jump to I moved homes to a I wouldn't I don't know if it's a, exactly a farm but yeah something new we got some space we got a barn learning about chickens and all sorts of things so yeah it's a new experience and uh, we're really enjoying it so sweet um, so you're from Michigan we've learned that tell the listeners um, a little bit about Jace who do you work for and what do you do sure well as as you said I um, I work for UFP Industries and uh, more specifically within UFP Industries, uh, our UFP Retail Solutions segment. Um, I, I lead the marketing efforts for our Dex, Docs, and Porches category. Um, you don't typically hear about it in that way. Uh, what you typically hear about would be the brands that are within that category. Um, I take a lot of uh, time within the category to work on our decorators brand, uh, manage that brand, and, and, and help that grow. And the same with our Pro Treated Lumber brand. So um, love what I do work. I've been working in marketing and branding, like you said, for, uh, many years before building materials, I actually came from the grocery retail industry, um, which was a really great segue into building materials where, um, there's a very consumer packaged goods focused, uh, marketing approach in retail and coming to building materials. There's some categories that aren't necessarily looking at things that way. Some things get treated a bit more commodity. Um, and so it was a fun challenge to come from a different industry and come here and try to bring some of that mindset to uh, this industry um, with brands that uh, you are familiar with, like decorators. Um, so I love, I love what we're doing at UFP. I love working with you guys uh, at Cascade Fence and Deck. Um, and yeah, we're, we're having a blast in this, whatever you want to call 2020 and 2021 right now. So yeah. So we specifically work with Jace and UFP um, and, and with it. Well, within our industry, we're buying decking and railing. Those are the two, I would say, primary things that Jace and UFP um, supply us with. Right. Um, you guys do a whole wide variety of other stuff. How big is UFP? That's a, it's a great question. So yeah, UFP is, um, it's a, it's a very large company that doesn't act like a large company. It's very entrepreneurial. Um, I come to work every day feeling like, you know, we're in somewhat of a startup. Uh, even my office here, we're in the basement of the marketing building. And I love that. Or we're, a, you know, we're, a we closed out 2020 with UFP having, uh, sales just over 5 billion. Uh, and that's in various segments from construction to uh, industrial to retail where the segment I work and even within retail, we do 
things like siding pattern and trim, uh, outdoor living products for like fencing and, and lawn and garden products, all the way to interior home and decor products. So, which everything I just mentioned in 2020, uh, it went from unpredictable to off the charts because everybody was yeah. at home deciding they wanted to invest in their home doing those things. So um, it's a large company with a very startup entre entrepreneurial feel. And I love coming into the office every day with that attitude of, you know, yeah, I work for UFP, but it's, it's a, it's a scrape and, and build something from the bottom up feeling every day, which is, is just a really great feeling. So do you off the top of your head, do you have any idea how many employees there are? And I'm sure there's like, you know, under the actual umbrella, there's more, but just roughly like yeah. 10,000, so, 20,000 or. I think you're probably in that realm of, uh, I think it's around 15,000. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, UFP has plants mainly in North America, but really all over the world. You know, I think we're approaching around 150 locations, uh, whether they be treating plants, industrial plants, packaging plants. When I say packaging, there's industrial packaging for shipping tractors. And yeah. uh, like I said, if, if there's something in building materials that, we can do well and uh, be profitable in doing it and, 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 and help our customers, there's a good chance that we're going to get into it. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, very diversified and uh, a lot of employees throughout, throughout the world. Yeah. And I've, we've had the pleasure of working with you guys for probably, I don't even, I don't remember how many years it's been now. Five, five years yeah, or so. Quite a few years. And I've met so, so many people that work for UFP. And that's the one thing that like at our company, we have, we've talked about this a lot. Like we like buying from UFP. The product is great, but even if the product wasn't maybe as good as a competitor, but the people were better to mm -hmm. deal with, that would be more important to us than having the best product, but the vendor be terrible to deal with. Sure. And yeah. luckily for us, we, have the best of both worlds there, but it's, and I'm not saying this cause you're on here. Like it's a genuine thing. Like I've met the general manager at the Woodburn plants and like people like, uh, Ryan Kemp, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, who, who's the one before Ryan? Um, so yeah, Ryan was Chris? over. I'm sorry. Who's that? Is it Chris? The new, who's the new general manager at, uh, Woodburn? Do you remember? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, what's really great too at UFP is, you know, Ryan's a great example. He, he's worked at various plants, um, in Colorado and Oregon. Um, and now he's actually the executive vice president of our pro wood business. Unit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, a lot of great people come to UFP and they stay here for a long time, um, because of the culture and because of the growth opportunity and, um, yeah, Ryan's a great example and, and many others in the company do the same. So. Yeah. And I have, I've thought about this a lot. Like if I was like, if I was not doing what I'm doing now, what type, what type of job, what type of company um, would I want to go work for? And corporate kind of has, and maybe this is just for life. I'm not speaking for everyone here. To me, it kind of doesn't have that good of a feel to it. Like, I don't right. know if I want to work for a company that, you know, has 15,000 because of the kind of stigma that comes around that. But UFP is different to me. Yeah. Like I have worked with enough people at UFP to know that. And again, this is from the outside looking in, I might not be how it is, but the way I perceive it, um, Jace, Rick, Shannon, all these people that we work with on a regular basis, they're awesome and cool people. Like I mm -hmm. would absolutely work alongside of them and 
like you said, I can tell it's kind of a, it's like a scrappy startup and that, that is probably more the style I like. So that's cool. Yeah. That is the way it feels every day. And you know, that, that culture is, is bred into us here from, from long ago. We've had some really great leaders. The company was started by Peter Sekia. Um, we've had great leadership, um, you know, even after Peter's moved on and, um, it, I think what's been instilled throughout UFP as long as I've been here is um, the word hustle comes to mind, you know, like it's a whatever it takes attitude, it's hustle. And I think the other part of that is, um, yeah, it's a large company, but the company also gives its employees ownership and, yeah. and, and, and we're all vested in the success of the, of the brands, of the product lines, of our relationships with our customers. And uh, I think that's a key to, uh, you know, having that many employees, how do you keep this culture? Well, yeah, totally. Let, let them buy into it and actually feel like they own something within the company. And um, I think naturally people just, if you, if you give them the opportunity, they, they'll rise to the occasion if you hold oh, them back. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what UFP does well is they, it's very entrepreneurial. If you have a great idea, show it. No one's going to hold your hand, but take it, run with it. And, you know, if it's an idea that's going to work, UFP is going to help you bring that to life. And, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, so our, I'm sure Jace, you know this, but we have, we have fairly aggressive growth goals. And one of the biggest, like uh, maybe fear or I don't know what the, maybe fear would be the right word. Um, the biggest fear we have is that, well, right now we're 30 employees. Um, or maybe a little over 30 employees right now. Our culture feels like it's the best it's ever been. Um, it is absolutely amazing. But our fear is that when we have, let's say, 100 employees, is it going to be the same? And you guys give us hope for that. Like, in my head, I've always been stubborn. Like, of course, it can be the same. If we still stick with the same values we have and hire the right people um, and do the right work, it's going to stay the same. But there's that little bit of you that's like, well, there's a ton of companies that are that size and it's not that way. Um, so looking right. at you guys, it gives me a lot of inspiration. I mean, you guys have 15,000 employees and when it comes to your mind, hustle and that work hard and go get it. Um, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's, and it's, it's an interesting, you know, 2020 puts that to the test also because a lot of our culture, um, both inside UFP and the way we, you know, work in this industry. I mean, let's, let's be honest you know, whether you're Cascade Fence and Deck or your decorators or UFP, this is a, yeah, you, you say Fence and Deck or you say Decking, but we're, we're in the business of relationships. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we do. Um, everything I do is, is far improved and, and, and works better when you build relationships with um, your internal customers, with your external customers and everybody down the chain, um, including the, you know, the homeowners or whoever your, your end user is. Um, if you don't have those relationships, it, it, you know, you can do everything else correctly. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, so I, we look at it that way. And, and we, I guess where I'm going is 2020 put that to the test where, you know, you had this camaraderie of people in the office and traveling and coming to see guys like you and, you know, being in the field in person, that all came to a halt all of a sudden where you can't travel, you can't be in the office together. And, um, it really, you know, was a testament to the culture where we could still, you know, get on, you know, Zoom meetings like this or, or Teams meetings and, and still keep that culture. And we would do, you know, 
fun things over over Zoom just to just to keep that culture alive. And, yeah, totally. Uh, I think it's important. Okay, that brings up an interesting point. Do are you guys back? You said you're in your office, so it's obviously kind of coming back. What was the biggest thing that, like, let's say you had to work from home remotely and not being around people for the next three years? Mm -hmm. Would the culture be the number one thing that you're like that would start to dip? Is there like communication, accountability, were people still getting work done? I, you know, I think, like I said earlier, I think if you give people the opportunity, they rise to the occasion. And that was a, a trepidation, you know, even within UFP is like, are we going to be, you know, having people be as accountable or getting the work done when they're at home without, you know, the same supervision or people around them that absolutely happened. And then some, I mean, we had our best year ever in 2020 and we had plenty of, you know, people towing the line to, to make that happen to what you said earlier is probably my bigger concern is the culture, um, you know, coming in every day and, you know, you get to know your employees, families, you get to know just kind of a bit more about them personally and the culture for sure. And for, for me, particularly in marketing, um, I'm a, I'm a people person bounce ideas off guys. Uh, and so, you know, when we're talking about, you know, advertising creative or, you know, unique ideas for social media or um, that's where I find the value of being in person because um, you can try to do that on, you know, a Zoom meeting, but there's <laughs> yeah. something about, there's something about being in the room uh, with a whiteboard and just, you know, throwing stuff at the wall and you think it's crazy. And then pretty soon you're, you're, you're over here going, I think we actually might do that. And yeah. it's a combination of all these ideas in the room. And there's just an energy that, I, I feel like that's the thing I would miss the most is that that kind of intangible energy and uh, building off of each other's ideas. So for sure. I think a lot of the people here probably with you saying that wish that maybe I did Leif did work from home more often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? It can be a distraction. Um, no, that's, that's cool. That's good to hear. Um, so with your current role, um, what do you, like if you were to kind of boil it down or really dumb it down for someone, what would you say your objectives are? Ooh, objectives. Um, you know, in, in the end, you know, I think you guys have a, uh, a similar objective and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have a guarantee, I believe, where you, your, your mission is to meet or exceed the expectations of your customers. Yep. Um, I would say we're, we're, you know, my job every day is, is, is the same. My customers may not be this always the same as your customers. Um, I have people internally that um, are in sales and if I'm not doing what I'm doing, maybe I'm not supporting them correctly to go, you know, accurately talk about the products or support what they're doing in sales or uh, communicating properly with uh, product development so that we have the proper timelines for introducing something um, all the way to are we meeting the expectations of our, our contractor partners or you know the end users and the yeah. quality of the product so I guess if I had to boil it down it's you know we have a lot of different audiences from distributors to dealers to contractors to homeowners to internal stakeholders and um, marketing is kind of in the middle of that um, and you know we're I guess my job is really making sure our stakeholders are having their expectations met or exceeded. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a particular project that you 
liked more than others or you like you that you like loved you're like that product was awesome Whew, that i liked more than others um i probably have a couple answers on that i it, it may not be the biggest you know like deck building job or something those are fantastic to see um where where I find the value is when I get to meet with our customers in person, um, whether that be at our Decorators Pro Summit or Certified Pro Spotlight interviews, where you really get to know uh, and dive in with somebody and learn their story, learn how they got started, um, learn what makes them you know tick and 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 makes that business run and what makes it unique. Um, I, I love I love you know being here in Grand Rapids in the marketing office. Uh, when you go out in the field and you can actually see tangibly like a deck being built by a customer that you've talked to and the whole chain, like you see it come together. Um, that's just a light bulb for me every time where it's, uh, it's, it's whiteboarding here and then you go out and see it actually come to life. And I think those are, they're like magic to me where you, you, you know, this actually happened. Um, so I, I love those moments where you get to actually get out in the field, meet, meet your, partners and, and see those projects come to life yeah and it seems so easy to i mean i'm not in your guys's role but like there's so many companies that if they did some of the things you guys did they would explode like there's i can think of right now even products that we maybe have to use whether it's uh, hardware or whatever if those people did what jace does and <laughs> comes by the office every once in a while and it, it's a different, like you're saying, it's different than just like a quick wine and dine or um, like, hey, we're going to come by, let's grab lunch. All right, see you later. Um, mm -hmm. That we can, it's whatever. But like with you, what you're saying, like the pro summit um, or doing the um, certified pro spotlight, those are both like a little bit longer deals. You're kind of right. with, like I remember, I mean, we were with each other for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And that's where you really build that relationship that you speak of. Yes. And sure. I don't have a better relationship with any of our vendors than I do with you and with decorators. I appreciate or like that. With, well, with the people that work with you. Yeah. And that's like, why don't other people do that? I just don't, maybe they don't know it's, it. It's time. It's time consuming. Um, I mean, I'm not, there's not going to be, you know, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Isaac, I'm sorry, Isaac, uh, on your marketing team. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this podcast and, you know, sometimes you don't immediately see the tangible ROI in something, but you know, you know, in your heart, it's the right thing to do. Right. Um, yeah. and that's, that's a tough thing to convince in some companies. Like if there's not the black and white ROI, are we really going to do it? That's a good point. Yeah. And I think with this, it's just, it's, you know, we, I was fortunate to have, you know, someone like Rick, um, leading decorators at the time that believes in relationships and creating family. And we just took it from there and just expanded it to our customer base. But um, not everybody sees that immediately as the black and white that's ROI. Interesting. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that's part of it is, you know, we get, like you mentioned, you get in the corporate world and sometimes it's, it's is this going to pay off immediately? Sometimes you, you got to pencil it on paper. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you got to plant a, a seed and then, you have no idea. And then five years later, you have this beautiful tree, but it didn't happen immediately, but it takes yeah. you to start now. So um, yeah, I guess that's my, my thought on that. Mm -hmm. um, there's quite a few things with marketing and I'm sure with everything else too, 
that you won't see the direct ROI on. Um, no. Like for us, I can name a couple of the podcasts like we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're spending a lot of time and energy in content creation, a lot of videos and things mm-hmm. like that. We're spending a lot of time on social media, whether that's mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And I'll say it before the end of this year, I bet we'll be on TikTok in a big way, which sure. seems weird, but that's the way things are going. And home shows even these are things that you can't see a direct roi on but you just like you said you just have to plant that seed and eventually just go for it and Mm -hmm. and and i think in our industry when you're talking about you know fencing or, or or an outdoor living space when you're creating content or advertising to you know consumers or even contractors it's it's rare that that message is going to hit that person at the exact moment that they're like, you know what, I'm going to drop everything. Cause I was planning on building a deck right now. Yeah. Uh, it's just not the case. Yeah, and so totally. it, when you put these, when you put these things out there, um, it is kind of like planting a seed for somebody who's maybe considering building a deck or, you know, they might be coming your way in three years, but you're starting that relationship now. Yeah. So, um, Something I remember, and maybe the number is different now, but I had an American Marketing Association seminar years back. And like the one thing that just stuck with me is uh, at the time that metric was the, it takes the average consumer 17 consistent interactions with your brand before they mentally take the, the, the step to say, I'm going to purchase that brand. That's uh, cool. And I just take that to heart every day because that might be, they saw a billboard, they heard it on the radio subconsciously, they heard it from a neighbor, they picked up the phone and talked to somebody in the office. It's, it has to be 17 interactions or whatever the metric is now of consistent brand experiences before their brain turns to the trust mode to yeah. go, I'm, I'm going to engage and do that. So if somebody is going to buy a deck in three years, you have you have to start planting those seeds now so that when they come time to it, they're going to go, Oh, I remember those guys. And there's a trust already built in. Um, and that's why when we advertise, you know, or we talk to we create this content, like you're talking about the content, the immediate ROI isn't always there, but it's, it is coming. Yeah. You're, you're, what you're doing is you're creating the way uh, we talk about it is we want to be the answer to the question. When you go on Google, you typically, you typically write a question, right? Like, how do I do X? Um, The content you create should be the answer to those questions and not so much of a sales pitch, but let's help you. Let's help you. And after 17 times of helping them, their brain just flipped to, I'm now in the trust mode of wanting to purchase that brand. Um, And that's really something I take to heart in in branding every day. This is a question that I don't um, necessarily have the answer for. No, but marketing and branding, are they the same thing? Different things? Like I love you this hear, question. You I hear love both this things, but like. It's not, it's not. Um, at least this is my personal take. Uh, branding to me is, branding is, delivering on your promise marketing is communicating the promise Mm. marketing is marketing is communicating 
you know, that you are, uh, that you have this, that you have this ability or this, this, this solution to something. Branding is when you actually fulfill that promise. Branding is the, the most important thing in branding to me is consistency. Uh, you can take away all the other things. Um, if your brand's not consistent, then you're not, you're not consistently answering that promise. Um, I guess if you broke it down, a brand is a promise. Branding is fulfilling the promise. Marketing is communicating that we have this promise. Um, and, I, and in that whole realm of that discussion, you can get into brand valuation too, right? And say, well, my brand is worth this. Well, your brand is only worth what your customers tell you it's worth. Yeah. Period. So if you're, if you're putting out a, a, a marketing message, your brand valuation is going to come from your customers based on how consistently you fulfill that promise. Yeah. And if you don't, um, they'll tell you your value pretty quick. So, so benefits for a, we're in the construction industry. Mm. If you're in the construction, construction industry, let's say, why is it important to have a brand and why would you focus on that? You know, if you, you know, it, it depends, you can look at different categories. Um, so, so wood, for example, you hear the word lumber all the time, right? Lumber, lumber, lumber. Um, I think sometimes people treat that as a commodity. Um, but if you really dig into it, you know, there's, there's different types of lumber, there's different treatment methods, there's above ground, there's ground contact, there's this preservative, there's this grade of lumber. Um, you can be easily put into a spreadsheet and say, who's the lowest cost? And then that's the game. That's the discussion, right? Yep, yep. A brand to me is uh, consistency and creating a story of value yeah. um, that, that starts to like you mentioned earlier, if you if 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 a vendor was giving you uh, a product that wasn't quite the best, but the the experience with that vendor is incredible, you even mentioned I would work with them even though the product may not be the best. It's right. because that's that's branding because the consistency, uh, the relationship, you know, delivering on the promise. Um, and I think when you start to create that, um, you see many contractors who do this, where they start adding value and creativity and innovation to their outdoor living spaces. They also start to be able to, you know, charge more for their work or they, you know, yeah. there's a, there's an inherent value in what they're doing and they're not commoditized anymore. There's... Customers are not lining them up on the spreadsheet anymore. Correct. That you, you, you they take are. Them... They are because it's, <laughs> I've had this happen many times. They do and they get many bids because they have to. Yes. That's the thing to do. But they already know they're hiring that Correct. company. They're yes. putting it on there because they have to go through the motions. But it's already been justified in their head. Like that yeah. that brand, that consistency they've heard of or they've seen. That's it. And it's, the it's con worth it for them. The content you're putting out creates that consistency before they even meet you and they yeah. that's the that's what branding is so when you get to the spreadsheet you almost it's almost a, a moot point like they've already built the relationship with you without you even knowing it you've been the answer to the question they built the relationship with you they've interacted with you 17 times consistently and their brain turned into purchase mode 
the spreadsheet doesn't matter at that point. And that's the power of branding to me. So. And there's millions of examples in the world of good band, good branding mm -hmm. um, and good marketing. One that always comes to mind um, is like, and I, I think I maybe heard this either when I was in school or on a book or something, but like Harley Davidson and like, let's say, and I'm not a motorcycle guy, so I'm not going to pretend I am, but let's say Indian or any of those other motorcycle brands, mm -hmm. those motorcycles are all good. Or lots of them are, they're, they're good motorcycles. They might even be better than the Harley Davidson. Right. Um, again, I don't, I don't actually know this, so nobody get mad at me, but I bet you that, you know, the Indian motorcycle, it's a good motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, just as good or maybe it was even costed them just as much to make as it did as it costed harley davidson to make theirs but harley davidson is able to sell theirs for a premium price yep. because they have people that are literally putting harley davidson tattoos on their body like there's people that they would die for that brand they've created they've created something that goes beyond the product they've created an experience exactly that, it's like a culture almost or it's like a weird yeah and that's so we've we've been intentionally focusing on this for many years one we have fun doing it um mm -hmm. it's not miserable to work on this stuff uh, right. at least for me so that's cool but the other thing is we've we've seen these benefits um not just with customers but with we've seen it with vendors um we've seen it with employees um we're starting to get a lot of employees that they'll come to us and they'll say, Hey, I, I understand you guys are just a fence and debt company, but I know that you're actually more than that. Right. I know that I can work here as a career. I know that it's good money. And they're coming to us because they already know about us. They know mm -hmm. about the brand and the everything about us. And it's, it's weird. Like throughout the last couple of years, we've started to see that whether it's from Instagram or wherever they come from and it's, and you started that, it works. You started that process how many years ago, right? I mean, exactly, that's, yeah. that's the immediate ROI thing we're talking about. Like, yeah, you know, probably three years ago, you're like, man, when's this going to pay off? And now <laughs> yeah. here it is. Um, that's I, I love that. I mean, you, yeah. you, know, you, you don't know when it's going to hit, but you're, you're investing in the right spot and you know it. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and not, I know there will probably be listeners on here that are like, well, I don't want to be on social media or I don't want to do that. You don't have to be. Like it's, it depends on your vision as a company, but if you are a company that does want to grow and that does want to hire good people and continue to get good customers um, and preferably higher paying customers, then you probably should start to focus a little bit on your marketing and branding and yeah. what are people thinking? How consistent is it? And are you able to um, kind of move upstream as we like to say? And with, with those options that face, you know, any business, um, we're, we're not on every social media channel because I think you also need to be selective and, and the consistency is key. And if you spread yourself too thin on trying to be in everything, but not being great at any yeah, of them, that's a good, uh, I think that's, that's an issue. And so I think it's important to choose the medium that you feel confident in, or, you know, that you feel like you can do, don't try it. What's that, what's that Yoda thing? There is no, there is no try it's do or do not. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, do it, but don't, 
I mean, like you mentioned TikTok, if you're going to do it, do it. Don't dabble in it because that's, that's going to be representative of your consistency. Like if you're going to be there, give it everything. And so I think it's important to be selective on, it's tempting to get into everything, but I think it's important to choose where you can focus your energy, be consistent and and succeed in those spaces. And then once you get that correct, you go, okay, maybe, maybe I start exploring here, but it's, you know, controlled, sustained growth um, works. Yeah, that's a, that's an important lesson, especially for someone like myself that likes to jump to a lot of new ideas um, pretty quickly. A lot of times before I even finish the last thought, I'm already Mm -hmm. on to the next thing. And it's good to know that because um, in even this example that we've been using um, social media and all of that, when we first started Instagram, we were just dabbling. It just started. We We didn't know a lot of things we know now. The last, I don't know how long, we've been putting a ton of focus on it. Um, And Isaac is um, our head marketing guy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely kills it with the amount of time he puts into it, the attention to detail, the quality. I'm always telling him, I don't want to do these posts because I don't have, I'm not putting um, the right stuff in there, whatever. And that has made a huge impact for us. Our TikTok right now, um, that's something that Louie and I started. We put like, I don't know how many videos on there. Right. They're soup, there's videos from like our company party where we were making clay, mm-hmm. the world's most random video in the, ever, yeah. to us actually being productive, building something fencer deck. And if we just were to focus or if we had the proper time for TikTok, we know that it would work. Mm-hmm. We have videos that have almost a million views. Um, but this message that you're saying about just whatever you're doing, do it and do it well. Yeah. Otherwise it's wasted. Effort, that right? branding, it's well, and it creates that negative. It actually yeah. is going to do the opposite for you. If it's you have a Twitter account, brand. if you have a Twitter account that you never address but it's out there and people can find it and it looks like it's abandoned um that's a far more negative experience than if you just weren't on it at all exactly Um, so yeah pick i'd I'd say you know pick what you believe you can succeed at and 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 focus there and do it do it all the way and you'll get the payoff that's good stuff that's uh that's definitely cool to hear um so the question that I get a lot just because we're kind of in this a lot right now and it's it's a it's a loaded question and it's kind of what we've talked about already but do you think like if a com- if a contractor came up to you today and said hey should I be on social media what would you tell them and which social media should I be on and I know <laughs> we've kind of talked about a bunch of this stuff but I think it depends on their their goal right uh, I yeah. think I've heard you speak about, you know, Instagram for Cascade Fence and Deck is really to build the brand for the future employees of the company, right? Like, hey, we're going to show our culture and it's a recruiting tool and we're going to build, um, you know, this brand for w- where people want to come and work. Um, if that's your goal, that, you know, that's different than, you know, maybe 
a contractor using social media to get leads, um, you know, and, and get the next job. So I think it just depends on their goal. One, one thing that we've taken, you know, to heart is we did the same thing. We were trying to do social media for a bit. And I think the tendency on social media is to try to be everything to everyone. Like yeah. I'm going to post and try to get Absolutely. everybody. I'm gonna, I want to, I want everybody to like my stuff. And pretty soon when you dial in and understand who is your, who's following you, who, who is your audience and you start speaking to them on that platform, all of a sudden the engagement, the, the following, the, you know, the value of what you're doing skyrockets because your audience is finally like, ah, you're talking to me. You're speaking my language. You're, you're addressing my concerns, not you address my concern on that post. And then this next post is, you know, something that's completely off the wall. Um, so I think segmentation for us has been a big, a big part of how we're growing in that way, because you realize, you know, perhaps Facebook is very consumer homeowner oriented. So you want to give them the answers to their questions, like the best color pairing of a siding and decking or, you know, inspirational content versus going to something like Instagram, where it seems more contractors are on Instagram, creating community and networking among each other. Um, so that content may be far different speaking to that audience. And I think that's, that's part of it is what are you, what are you trying to accomplish and who, who's your audience and then speak to them. And I, you know, I, I guess, if, I mean, to answer your question right now, it seems Instagram is where contractors live. It feels, it feels like there, there's a community, a tight community on Instagram of I think showing respect and accolades for one another when they do something really, you know, some really great craftsmanship or show off their, their projects and uh, networking between, you know, guys talking about different framing options, you know, across the country. Um, I think that really brings the brotherhood of, you know, contractors into a place that we can network. But I also see contractors going to, you know, maybe Facebook to talk to homeowners about, you know, trying to maybe, maybe getting their next project or finding leads. So I just think it depends. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly the answer I'd have, uh, for us, it's worked well and on certain platforms doing certain things, um, for you, it's going to be different. And it truly, um, if you don't enjoy doing it, then you probably want to have someone else that does enjoy doing it, do it. Because I think that really, really bleeds through in your social media. Um, there's, probably. I don't know, half of the accounts we follow, it's somebody that their job is to just to sling up a post and mm -hmm. then they're done. Yeah. And that, at least for me, myself, I don't find that engaging. And I think a lot of people don't. Um, but if you actually like it, you're passionate about whatever it is you're doing and whatever it is you're posting, that's going to, you know, gain a lot of traction. So I think that's true, even outside of social media. I mean, I would be I would be miserable if I had to go to a trade show and talk about something I didn't believe in or talk <laughs> about something I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, build with myself or, yeah. or that I, you know, and I, I could never look at somebody in the eye. I could never have Leif come, you know, buy a trade show booth or something and be like, I got to tell you, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And I, if I didn't believe it, you're going to sense that immediately. You're yeah. going to know just like the yeah. post, like eh, you're here to, you're here to say this. But I think that's another reason why decorators and, you know, UFP in general, you know, is so, uh, is, is growing so rapidly is because we, we, 
we do truly enjoy what we do. We truly enjoy and trust and believe in the products and the brands that we're building. And um, so when we get to talking to partners like, like contractors or, or, or dealers, it's an easy discussion. I mean, we're, we're basically selling or, or, or talking about something that we love and that discussion is far easier than trying to push something that you don't believe in. And, yeah. Um, and we, we believe in it. So much gold here. We, uh, 40, 45 minutes has blown by so fast. We're going to have means we're going to have to jump on another one. Um, sure. Are we going to be seeing decorators in Phoenix at the next pro summit or what's, do we know? Is it secret? Uh, well, I don't think it's a secret. You know, our last pro summit was supposed to be in Phoenix. Um, and, you know, COVID obviously got in the way of that. Um, but I believe on that meeting, we, we said, Hey, everybody here, you know, we, we want, we, we you're automatically invited to Phoenix. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I would plan on Phoenix. So, and, and for, I guess, those who don't know what the pro summit is, um, each year, decorators, certified pros can log their points for rewards. And those points go toward, um, you know, we change the number each year. It's been the top 10, but it's going to open up more and more each year. Um, those, those contractors are invited to the pro summit. And it's, it's the, one of the most important meetings we have each year to the point where we're looking to do those meetings even outside of the pro summit quarterly with, you know, Please, regions. Let's do it. And, and because the feedback and the, 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 the sense in that meeting is we're here to say thank you to these, these partners of ours, but ultimately, you know, we take a deep breath going into that meeting and go, all right, these guys are the most honest people in the industry and they're going to lay it on us. And I think, I think a lot of companies shy away from that. And yeah. I, I think for us, it's one of those, you got to swallow that pill and say, where, where are we? falling short with the people we love the most, um, our contractors, you know, like, I mean, homeowners, certainly we, you know, we, we, in, I wouldn't say we love the most, but the people who are swinging the hammers and using our products every day, they have an opinion and they, they have a voice and it should be heard. And that's yeah. where that pro summit comes in, where it's, it's, we try to make it a, a meeting where you get to tell us what you want us to continue doing and be maybe be better at, but more often <laughs> where we are not doing well and how we can be better at it. And then my job along with the entire decorators family is to come back the next year and say, we heard you and here's what we did to address those needs. We can't promise every time we can hit every checkbox, but um, I believe that's a big part of partnership is listening and then showing that you were heard. So. Yeah. And I'll say, I've heard that from a lot of people before that didn't happen, but with decorators, it has never been the case. We've went to, I don't know how many summits so far and it's uh, probably three or four or five or something. Um, every year it's that way. You said you take a deep breath, walk into that room, get punched a whole bunch of times in the <laughs> stomach. Um, and yeah. then, but, and, and it's true. And I'll be like, I've been there. I've been in those rooms there's a lot of contractors that maybe don't have the best tact. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, you guys get the message. And it's, I remember the first one I went to, I was like, wow, they, they're really wanting this feedback truthfully and they're getting it. Like they, yes. it's, it's happening. 
whether we yeah. whether we like it or not yeah it's, it's <laughs> yeah. coming and um it's you know it we we say the word family a lot and we mean it i mean yeah we, it's family and when you're when you're a partner i think that's a missing element sometimes in business is it doesn't have to be so transactional i think the best relationships come from this exchange of like just honesty what what can we do better and hearing it and then answering it um rather than us telling you you're wrong and this is the way it's going to be i, I think that relationship well, it's easier end. to manufacture things this way though right or this is how we've always done it or yeah this is how we've always done it is the worst line in all of business <laughs> Awful. Uh, or this is yeah that, no, that's 100 percent true well jace thank you so much for coming on we will be doing another episode that i can guarantee right on man um hopefully we can get some feedback from the listeners we um in lay fashion jumped around a bit there but there's a bunch of gold in that. And I would, what I would love to do after kind of thinking about this for a little bit is maybe narrow down on the next one, just a little bit more on um, what you had originally kind of uh, set out as your career path with that branding. Yeah. There are some things that I didn't think about how you said that. Um, and I'm still trying to process it. The fact how did you say it? Um, marketing is letting people know what your promises are. Branding is like the consistency. Yeah, I, I guess and another way to put said it, that I'm like, what are you talking about? Another but, another way to put it is this, Lave. So, Cascade Fence and Deck can continue to communicate what they do well. That's marketing. Hey, yeah. everybody, here's what we do. Branding is when the neighbor or, or your customer tells their neighbor about Cascade Fence and Deck. Yeah, because when, of the consistency and correct. all those things that were into place, it made the experience so good for the homeowner or so good for the employee that they are now, yes. in words I'll use, kind of bleeding it. Yeah. Like they're like, wow, they're passionate about us and they're selling Marketing's, people on us. Marketing is you talking about you. Branding is your customers talking about yeah, you. That is cool. And that's, I, until this meeting, I've never really looked at it that way. When I asked you, what's the difference between marketing and branding? I was dead serious. We talk about a lot, like we want to build our brand awareness. We want to do marketing. We want to do that. But this makes a lot of sense. And I'm excited to kind of dig into that a little bit more, sink the teeth in and see kind of what we can do with these now that I kind of know that. But that's, I would love to do another podcast and hopefully we can get some feedback from listeners. Right um, same I thing. We're going to be decorators. Punch me in the stomach. <laughs> Give me the truth, truthfulness. <laughs> You get used to it. We're going to get better. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I want to hear the feedback and we'll do another one with Chase. So thank you again for joining. Thanks for having me, Leif. It was awesome. This Ain't a Trend is a Cascade Fence and Deck podcast. Show notes are on our website, cascadefenceanddeck.com. This show is produced by yours truly, Isaac Holmgren, with music courtesy of Andrew Wong. Check him out on YouTube. He's awesome. Until next time, thanks for listening.